Hello, welcome to Sideline Heat. I'm Imran Mukhtar and he's Imran Shibishi. Today we'll be talking about our reaction to the NBA schedule, how Avery Bradley uh, opting out of Orlando will affect the Lakers, where you would rank the Rockets among the best teams in the West, uh, Jamal Adams' impact if he gets traded to the 49ers, and how Antonio Brown will fit for the Ravens or the Seahawks. First up, it's going to be a reaction to the NBA schedule being released. Um, my first, the first thing that came to my mind is, I thought that the Pelicans, yeah, the, uh, the, uh, the hiatus would affect the Pelicans a lot because I know that they had one of the easiest schedules in the NBA before. And I thought that having to only play teams that are in the bubble was going to affect them because it was going to make it a tougher schedule. But when you look at their schedule, I mean, after the Jazz and the Clippers, the rest is just fairly easy. I mean, they play the Grizzlies. Then they play the Kings, the Wizards, the Spurs, and then the Kings again and the Magic. Uh, it wouldn't shock me if the Pelicans make the playoffs, get in the playing tournament, and make the playoffs. Yeah, uh, I'm excited. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited for the for the race for the fourth seed and fifth seed because right now they're pretty close right now. Um, that whole area is close. Yeah. For example, the. The Jazz, they're forty-one and twenty-three. Thunder forty and twenty-four. Rockets forty and twenty-four. Mavs forty and twenty-seven. They played more games, so the the Mavs are one and a half games behind the the Rockets right now. And they played uh, the first the first game is going to be between those two teams, the Rockets and Mavs. So the I could see the Rockets going up. The Mavs, Jazz could go down without uh, Bojan Bogdanovic. So it'll be exciting. Yeah. I'm also excited for the opening match, Lakers-Clippers. I mean, then they did yeah. us a favor by doing that. That's going to be a good – that's always a good game. But making it the opening match, another great move by Adam Silver. Um, I also like the fact that um, that most games are going to be on the national TV stage. It's going to be easy for all of us to watch, especially the fact that, you know, with – um. Uh, with, what was the word? What was the word? Yeah, I'm also excited about the Celtics playing the Bucks. I think those are the two best teams. So that two will best be a teams preview. in what? The in, the what in the East. In the East, yeah. Uh, I'm excited for that. And the uh, Celtics play the Raptors too. So I'm very, I'm very excited to see the Sixers' full roster. I mean, yeah, at the end back. of the, at the end before the break. Yeah. Korkmaz and Milton were finding form. Now they're getting Ben Simmons back. They're getting uh, rested, healthy Joel Embiid. I think this Sixers team is also going to be deadly. I actually have them as my second favorite in the Eastern Conference, obviously behind the Bucks. I think they're. I think with that full roster right now, they're better than the Sixers. They just have more talent. Uh, you said Sixers. Do you I mean, mean Celtics? Uh, Celtics. I meant to say Celtics. Well, before the season, I had them going to the finals. Now, I wouldn't be I'm shocked if they went to the finals either. Yes, yeah. Especially no home court anymore. They're the best team at home and then away. They, they're they absolutely bad. Are they putting really hardwood? Are they putting NBA court hardwood? I don't know yet. You don't know? I mean, it doesn't really matter. But, yeah. Yeah, the NBA is back. All right, our next, our next topic is... 
how Avery Bradley uh, opting out of going to Orlando will affect the Lakers. Uh, I'll go. I think it will affect them hugely because the the best this or the team they're going to be competing with are the Clippers, and their main strength is having depth around them. Now, Avery Bradley is the Lakers' fourth best player, at least fourth most important player, because he's a good 3 and D player. They can throw him at the best point uh, guard or wing. So him him not being there will be a big loss for them. A big loss? A guy that's not, averaging okay, not eight, huge, but two, and one? That's a, a big loss. loss? Let's be honest. Defensively, yes, he will be missed. He 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 was the yeah. guy. He would always guard the. He would always guard the other guy's top guard. It'll be a big loss defensively. But he he's very inconsistent as an offensive player. He's a very yeah. inconsistent shooter. I believe that if we can get J.R. Smith eventually, like after he gets acclimated back into the NBA environment, I think he'll definitely be an upgrade. Over Avery Bradley has been this season, averaging eight two and one. He's a better shooter. He's not a better defender, but he can still defend. He has long arms. He has athleticism, and I believe that getting J- if we can get J.R. Smith, if we sign J.R. Smith, he's gonna be an upgrade over Avery Bradley. Uh, I, I, Avery Bradley was very inconsistent last year. He had his ups and his lows, but the J.R. Smith is inconsistent too. But what he always is is a knockdown shooter. He's he, he, he's, he's a sniper. That's what he is. And that's what the Lakers, what the Lakers need more. Huh? Well, they need a wing defender too. Like Danny Green can, can guard Danny the Danny Green player. is a wing defender. Yeah. J.R. Smith can defend the wing too. He's not as, obviously he's not as good a defender as Avery Bradley. But he's still start. a very good defender. Crusoe most likely start. Yeah, and to be honest, Crusoe is an underrated defender. Good offense. He can put the ball on the floor, finish out there, and shoot. Caruso yeah, is not probably gonna be there. He's not starting. Yeah, I think so. No, no, Wait, no way. So, J.R. Smith is not going to start uh, off the streets. I never said J.R. Smith is going to start. Okay, who? who Deion yeah. Waiters is probably going to start. He, he, Did uh, he play a single game? I know, but now he'll be ready. Caruso is better than Deion Waiters right now. Deion Waiters is a better shot creator. Deion Waiter is a good defender. I mean, they're both good, they're but I like Alex Caruso more off the bench. He makes more. He makes more of an impact off the bench. And when he's tried starting True. earlier, earlier this year, some of his worst games this year is when he started off the match. But when he comes off the bench, he, he's a good six man. That's what he is. That's what his role. LeBron is. and him have a good chemistry. Unit. I've seen LeBron and him have like a, re- a really good chemistry. Yeah, they, they seem they seem yeah, to have. Like a connection that I don't he's like see. With Williams. Like he's a six man, but he also plays in the clutch times too. He's not. He's definitely nowhere as good as uh, Lou Williams, but that's yeah. where he's more as most effective as. Doesn't really make sense why. That's just what he is. He plays good with that second unit, and then he um, plays in the clutch moments. Uh, I didn't really see him much against the Clippers near the end because they he. Well, Avery Bradley had a good game. He's, yeah, he scored Bradley like 24 points. Game, but, um, yeah, Alex Caruso, I like him more as a six-man. Pause. Pause. We got to wait for Yusuf. Hello. Happy to be here. What's up, Yusuf? Assalamu alaikum. Ma'asalam. Oh, my. All right, let's go. Uh, Imran. All right. 
topics. Where would you rank the Rockets among the best teams in the West? Okay, for me, I rank them three. Because as you know, number one, you got the Lakers. LeBron, AD, as obvious. Number two, you got the Clippers. I mean, number two. Then you got the rest of them. You got the Nuggets, the Jazz, and the Rockets. The Nuggets, I don't see as contenders. No. They're too young. Yeah. Yeah, they need more experience. Last year was good, but they don't have enough. And then you have the Jazz. Experience, same thing. Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert in general, they just need more experience. And then you have the Rockets. Year after year after year, they've been to the playoffs, lost to the Warriors. Many times you can say Harden's choked, all of that. But this year is different. They're underdogs. They have Westbrook. If you saw how they were playing after the All-Star break, it was much different than before. After trading what's it called, Clint Capella, they were basically 5-0 and before the season ended. Because you could say they lost to a buzzer beater three from almost half court to Bogdanovich and then another one to Bielitsa. Well, they did have a losing streak before the break, but they did have a winning streak before that. They got tired now. Now um, they got some rest, so they'll they'll be. I also have them number three, and I can't find any argument for anyone who. I mean, obviously, the Lakers and the Clippers are just more talented rosters. But the Nuggets, they're um, too young. Jazz, I think the uh, – I had Jazz over them before. But now that they lost Bogdanovich for the year, I think that the Rockets are now the better team. The um, OKC um, – No, it's, it's just Chris Paul. Yeah, like, they're too the, – the rest of their course too young. They don't, have the inexper- they don't have the experience to beat the team like the Rockets. Uh, the same thing with the Mavs and – yeah, the rest literally have no chance. The Rockies, I'm telling you, it's matchups. They play small ball. If they're matched up against the Clippers, there's, I'm sorry, but that's an L. Because the Clippers can match up with them small ball too. When you exactly. got Pat Bev, Kawhi, PG, you, like just, you can't stop them. Like that's just a matchup. But for example, if you play a smaller team, like you have to force them to play small like the Lakers, for example. They can kill you with AD, but you have to force them to play small ball. Same with other teams. So it's just yeah. a massive advantage. Yeah, I, would say, I would say I would say they're the third the best Rockets, team. Oh, okay. I I would think I I think they're the third best team. But uh, if they play like the Nuggets, nobody can stop Jokic. So head to head with the Nuggets, I would take the Nuggets. But overall, like I can I would take the Rockets against many but teams. On the offensive the, on the offensive side, it's gonna give them an advantage too. My the thing that I'll say that's is true, that's true. If, if but, you're playing if you're playing the um, the Rockets, the main thing is, I know it's weird to say, but you got to tell your wing defenders, don't collapse, don't try to help out. Just stay home. Let, let them get the easy twos. Let them get, let, let them get that. Uh, what's going to happen is if the defenders collapse all the time, it's going to keep giving them open and open and open threes. And you just got to tell your defenders, don't, don't collapse on the defense. Stay home. Just stay home. Stay on the shooter. Make sure don't, you don't give up any threes. That, that's the way you can beat a team like the Rockets playing small ball. And, and they're going to get really out-rebounded. Just, yes? Uh, getting out-rebounded will be a disadvantage for them. I mean, I, I, I saw them I saw them in, a, in the games um, before their losing streak. They were really getting out-rebounded. That, that, that wasn't yeah. really happening. I mean, Pat, uh, um, P.J. Tucker got, does a good job on the boards. He does what he can, and he does really good for, for his height. I mean, what is he, 6'8", 6'9"? 
What? Six, seven. He's like six seven yeah. max. Yeah, he's not that tall. Okay. Um, and t- teams gotta stop posting them up. They're strong, so they think maybe they're 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 uh short, so we can just post them up. But you can't. They're actually like really strong and can block shots. Robert Covington had a lot of blocks. Defense rotation uh, on the, the big the man is one of the quickest I've ever seen. I mean, it's it's the, the they're built defensively really good. I I didn't even notice it till the end. I think losing Capella made them better defensively. Yes, it opened I, the lanes for Clint uh, for Russell Westbrook for to. Yeah. He's been going on a tear since the break because the lanes – he's never had a lane so open. Yeah. Okay, see, he had Steven Adams. Now, the lanes – I mean, everyone's lined up. Probably. They're running five out every possession. Yeah. Even harder. It's probably the best – it's probably the best Russell Westbrook I've ever seen. Like, even That's, MVP Russell Westbrook. That was just, he's better than MVP Russell Westbrook. You can, he was just stat patty per se. Like, that's another day for another topic, but he's not this – this is different. Like, he's, this is winning basketball. Okay, next topic. Um, what is Jamal Adams' impact if he goes to the 49ers? If he gets traded there? Okay, so the first thing you think of, our safety, strong safety, you have Kwaski and Jimmy Ward. What's the first thing you complain about when you think of them? No interceptions. It's the same thing with Jamal Adams. He has two interceptions for his three seasons. That's true. So that's like off the, off the bat right away. Will he change life drastically? No, but he will help. First of all, he'll save us more money. Hear, hear me out. So our starting song strength, strong safety is Tarps. He'll cost us $6.725 million in cap. But if we trade or cut him, we only pay $1.5 million. Meanwhile, Adams gets paid $7.5 million. His signing bonus is $3.5. If he's traded, the Jets have to pay $3.5 million. So mm-hmm. let's say the Niners per se get him. Niners pay $3.5 million for him. And then 1.5 million for Tarts, five million in total, which is less than the six million for Kwaski. That's well, that's this year. well, that's just this upcoming year. He's definitely that- not going to save us money. But we can. But what we can do is offload enough money to where it levels out with players that weren't really effective last year or that were injured. Players like Quan Alexander, who really didn't change life for us last year because primarily he was injured. Or players like Jarquis Guitar, who we're going to have to get rid of. Jamal Adams is there. D. Ford, who was injured almost all of last year. Players like that uh, are players that we, that we can offload to other teams to save more money to make Jamal Adams. So he definitely isn't a ball hawk. Say. He definitely isn't a ball yeah, hawk. Yeah, he's not a ball hawk. He's more of a box safety. Yeah. His, so pass, coverage, have... his pass coverage is one of a normal safety. It's, what he does in the box. You can, you can put him on the tight end and he'll cover him all game. He'll be impact on the Niners. He'll, he's going to be able to stop the runs. Like a good pass rush team now stopping the run with Jamal Adams. I mean, that would make the best defense. Right now, I think it's the Patriots. He makes us instant Super Bowl favorites. We're already Super Bowl favorites. Like, we're already top three. Yeah, he put he'll, he'll definitely make us instant Super Bowl favorites. Because he, he already said, we have the dream, de- like, defensive back setup. We have, our, we have the, one of the top defense, what's it called, line. And we have now a- Jason Verrett, we re-signed yes. him. He could be a top corner if he stays healthy, too. We have amazing DBs. We have pretty good corners. We have amazing, we have, the, in my opinion, the best defensive coordinator, Robert Sala. Yeah, He'd work perfectly nice. with him. They'd have fun. Ravens have- okay. He could help because he could blitz. He had six and a half sacks last year. Almost close to D Ford. What six and a half sacks? Jamal Adams. 
Yeah, he he's a good he's he's a really he's good. Uh, he had six and a half sacks last year. Yeah, yeah. Just and off the, of and the, wow. The Jets don't have any good pass rush. He's a he's a, he's a great blitzer and a great box defender. Yeah. But the 49ers do not blitz nearly as much as the Jets do. Because I mean, they, 49ers they don't need to. hardly ever blitz. They don't, they don't, they don't need get to. pressure off of four or five guys. They exactly. never blitz. play coverage in the back. We don't need to. Well. He, he, he's going to have to – if he wants to fit in the Niners system, he's going to have to kind of change his game because we right, we don't really need him to be a box defender. But we can definitely adapt he's not, to he's not just like that. Safety. We're going to have to adapt. He's a straight upgrade, though. He's like from here to here. So upgrade. But then you have to think about it. He wants to win. You could say he wants to win. All his teams, he said his destinations, he said he wants teams. to win. Yes. But then you have to think about it. He still wants to get paid, though. I mean, he wants to get paid. I mean, Eddie Jackson, in his, in his same draft, Eddie Jackson got drafted in the third round. He got drafted in the sixth round. Right now, Eddie Jackson makes $14 million a year, which is highest for his safety. And he's wondering, why can't he make that money? He's been a better player. I mean, Eddie Jackson is – no, actually, I can't say that. I can't say Eddie Jackson – I can't say Jamal Adams has been better at Eddie Jackson because Eddie Jackson yes, is yes. a ball hawk. Eddie Jackson changes games. Jamal Adams – Yes, he's, he's solid. Jamal Adams changed. He's solid, but Eddie Jackson can change. Y'all are underrating. I wouldn't Jamal. say Jamal Adams is better, but I wouldn't say Eddie Jackson is better. I think they're basically on the same he level. Is the best they do different safety. things Jamal Adams, on the same level. Jamal Adams can go sideline to sideline. He yeah, he can tackle anyone, basically okay, yeah. anyone. Yeah, back. Jamal Adams is a more of a strong safety, more of a box safety. Yeah. Well, Eddie Jackson is a be- way better pass cover. He's a free safety. Know, and he's a... Yeah, they're they're both safety. I mean, the definition of a free safety and a strong safety is the is the difference between Jamal Adams and Eddie Jackson. That's what it is. I yeah, mean, literally. But I think Jamal Adams he would change life, like not drastically, but that's just a straight upgrade. Then you have to worry about well, you don't want him going to another division, like another division rival, the Seahawks. They're I wouldn't say they're close to us, really. I mean, you could say I'm biased, but getting yeah, I don't at- see them close. They're an eight and eight, seven and nine franchise to me. With Adams, right. that would spike them up. With the Cardinals, Cardinals are coming up. If they get Adams, that's a steal. Like it so it just depends. And then think about it. What would you trade for them? So if you're, they're asking for a first round pick or in a third round pick or another player, well, we have. I heard the I heard the last star. offer that they were talking about didn't actually involve a first, which is crazy. If we don't, if we only have to give up a second and some players. I mean, because our first round picks late, it's the late twenty. Our first round picks late. Sorry, what? What player would they want on your team? That they. uh, Well, they they don't need they don't need any one player. They need pieces. They need that. Yeah. Well, they need they they need need a quality starter, and we have pieces that they can get. Like they were asking the Cowboys for Leo Collins. Like 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 Dante Pettis. They Dante Pettis was reportedly Uh, involved in the deal, and Dante is a good wide receiver. We just really don't need him. Um, yeah. We are receiving core solid right now. Huh? Our receiving core is solid right now. Yeah, our receiving, uh, receiving core is definitely help, solid. But he's not necessary because we still have to worry about resigning Kittle in the future. Exactly. We still have to pay players. And Kittle, he deserves a lot. He's worth every penny. So, Imran, what do you think it makes the 49ers of Jamal Adams, if we get Jamal Adams, how much they raise them? I mean, you can't go that much up, but what do you think it makes them? Yeah. Well... Uh, their weakness on the defense, I guess, weakness was the secondary. He'll make that a lot better. He'll play the run. 
yeah, that's, that's really a problem. Weakness. That's the weakness on your team. Second, uh, the only weakness I'd say because Jimmy, you, can't, you can't play man to man with your corners. Huh? You still can't. You can't, you can't play man to man with your corners. Y'all really play Seattle scheme, which is really cover three. We, but, we, um, we run a zone defense. With yeah. we run, a, we we rush four. We have a zone in the back. Richard Sherman is a zone corner. Well, if we get Jamal Adams, we're definitely gonna have to adjust. We have to adapt yeah. to his skills in this technique, and that's but I not think what, he could adapt with us too. And that's not what he's he's a safe. But I also think that just never put him in the position though to get to be a ball hawk per se. If that's you think about it. Because so they don't have a great pass rush. They don't have great pass. They never had a great pass rushers. They had to blitz, mm-hmm. especially exactly. when they got Greg Williams. Then I mean, that yeah. was a He's good a deal. I mean, he blitzed almost every play. Six and a half sacks. That says something for a safety. Yeah, I didn't even know that. Six and a half sacks. That that's definitely top so for safety. In exactly. A while now. But I think he would help a lot. That's that automatically put us Super Bowl favorites. I wouldn't say automatically Super Bowl favorites. I would say maybe second. Still I still take. really like. Uh, I still think that um, Kansas City is very good. I, mean, I think Kansas City is overrated. I'm not even gonna lie. Oh. Uh, but that's another topic. Another topic. Yeah. Um, our last topic of the day will be uh, where would Antonio Brown fit better, the Ravens or the Seahawks? That's uh, for me. Among, oh, sorry. Not going. No, okay. you can go ahead, Yusuf. Seattle, easy, in my opinion. First of all, you got to think of it. Ravens are a ground and pound team, heavy run. So do you think Antonio Brown is going to be a decoy or is going to block Antonio Brown? I don't see it. The only plus side is they have his cousin, Hollywood Brown. Yeah. So, like, that, that's the only plus side, in my opinion. But then you go to Seattle. They're, they're a solid team. They're not the best. They're above average. The receiving core is average. You have Tyler Lockett, an all-pro in 2015, with 83 catches last season. And you have DK Metcalf, where he's, a, he's average, above average, with 58 catches as a rookie, but was inconsistent. So imagine adding Antonio Brown to that receiving core. Three solid receivers. That would spike them up high with, easily, with one of the top five QBs. Like, how could you not? With Pete Carroll as a coach, who could easily put him in check? Because he's the type of coach, you know? He'll, he's like a Bill Belichick, per se, or a John Harbaugh. So I think that's a match, match made in heaven. I would go Ravens for the simple fact that that um, they, they need to come back. Like, they can't come back right now. From If they're down a lot, they can't come back. So they're, they're going to need a number one receiver that's going to help him out. Because Marquise Brown is the number one receiver. I'm still not – well – I'm I'm not gonna say I'm not sold on him, but I'm not sure if he's gonna be the number one yet. And John Harbaugh, they have a good culture a culture there, so they can keep him in check, just like Seattle. And his cousin uh, Marquise Brown is there. Plus, they're working out um, him, him, uh, Marquise Brown, AB, and Lamar are working out. So it's probably gonna have a good chemistry. That's, yeah, it's hard to disagree with. That's solid. But then they just. Before Sorry, I say my part, Yusuf, can I ask you a question? Yeah. Don't you think part of the reason why they ran the ball as much as they did last year is because they didn't have any top receivers? I mean, their best. Yeah, I mean, well, they have a good running. Uh, they, had a, they had the best tight end core. They had the most yards receiving. 
with Mark Andrews, Nick Boyle, and the other one. I forgot his name. Will Disley. Will Hayden Disley Hurst. left. Yeah. Hayden Hurst. Like, I mean, not, I mean, Will, not Will Disley. Hayden Hurst. Hayden Hurst. He left. Will Disley's on the Seahawks. I'm mixing that's, up my tight ends. That's still a solid team, though. Like this is, they had Marquise Brown, Willie Sneed. Like that's still like your average. I mean, player. Willie Sneed, really? Uh, me, my idea for me, uh, it was very, very, very close for me. I mean, I, I didn't know, but uh, I'm gonna slightly say Baltimore just because that, um, uh, he's gonna unlock, I think he's gonna make his cousin Marquise Brown better because I think Marquise Brown, the speedster, will work better more. I mean, Antonio Brown is more of a slot receiver, but he does, he near the end of his career, he was play, near the end of. His time with Pittsburgh, he was playing more out wide. So I think him playing wide, I think Marquise Brown is more of a slot receiver. He was playing out wide a lot last year. I think he can develop better as a slot receiver, uh, having both sides as an option with his speed and quickness. And uh, I think he's going to lock uh, – Antonio Brown will unlock double teams that will open up Marquise Brown one-on-one. And I think that the relationship that he built with Lamar Jackson – and his cousin Marquise Brown are all ex-factors and everything. And I also think John Harbaugh is a coach that will very um, that will control him, a guy yeah. that's very strict. So I think now this is a question, just in general. So if you think about it, if they run the ball, let's say they're up, you can say they're 2010, they're going to keep running the ball. What if, what's his name, Antonio Brown gets a very touches, like two touches a game. You think he'd be happy? He hates not getting touches. He always complains. Well, I mean, Seahawks was the leading in the rushing Seahawks, last year. And look, they all run they the did is add even like, more running backs. Well, hey, I would say this, though. If they, had, if they had Antonio Brown, they need to stop running the ball. Because their main, their main strength is passing the ball. For some reason, they run the ball first down, second down, and then Russell the Seahawks, Wilson. They lost, they lost their both top two um, running backs, Rashad Penny and Chris Carson. I don't know if they come back soon. I don't remember. But they were Chris both for the playoffs. Carson's back. I don't know about Rashard. He might come back. Um, and then they also signed Carlos Hyde. They drafted someone. Uh, Carlos Hyde. Did Marshawn Lynch retire? I believe Marshawn Lynch. No. Not yet? Not yet. But, that they're, they're talks. but still, that's a lot of running backs. There's, there's, the Seahawks, Always they run the ball a lot. Uh, not as much as Baltimore, but very close. But yeah, I can see the part. I don't know if Antonio Brown... Would uh like being a block first receiver? <laughs> yeah, so I'm, that's hey. what I don't agree with that. Or just being a decoy in general. Like I don't see. I'll it. say, I'll say one thing: the Ravens needs to need to start protecting Lamar Jackson. They gotta stop running the ball a lot with him. So yeah. they're gonna need to pass the ball, and then Antoine Brown will unlock that. In my no, I don't. I don't mind the running the ball, but when you run the ball, you either slide or you go out. Yeah. You can't Protect take it. It's not worth it. The extra yard is not worth your body. This is the end of uh, of Sideline Heat. Go like and subscribe. Thanks for watching. Thanks for watching.